Isn't the Lord good? Let me ask you a question. We sang the song, I think, uh, here earlier about God's love for us. Aren't you glad somebody loves you? Aren't you glad somebody loves you completely? Do you know right now, God has no disappointment with you? Now, it's hard to think about, but the beauty of it is He sees you now through the finished work of Jesus. Now, you probably have disappointment with you. Or the one next to you may have disappointment with you. But God has no disappointment with you. I tell you, that just makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. These little things in our life that trip us up as, as we inspect ourselves and our humanity, trying to find favor with the Father, trying to find our blessing with God, trying to be good enough to gain what God's granted, it doesn't come through your goodness. It comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's what the gospel of Christ is all about. That's why when Paul wrote and talked about the power of God is in the gospel of Christ. And so it's very, very important that the cross is in every equation of your life. Otherwise, you'll look to your circumstances based on your effort to find favor and you'll only find judgment because the law condemns. In fact, the scripture says that the ministry of the law is condemnation in death. Makes you feel like you died inside. And then you feel good for a couple more days and then you just didn't hit the mark. And then you beat yourself over the head again. Listen, God is not a nitpicker concerning you. So let yourself breathe. Let yourself enjoy his company. And when you behold him, is what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 3. When you behold Jesus, you're transformed into the very image. So I'm not here to point to you and let you think that you're a loser. I'm here to point you to Jesus and see yourself as an overcomer in Christ. Amen? And if you will gaze long enough faith is there and the little things that trouble you where you're screwed up in your natural realm or in your physical being or in whatever whatever your troubles are it's all fixable it's all changeable you are redeemed by the blood of the lamb aren't you glad give the lord another shout hallelujah here's what i want you to do before you're seated, find two or three people and, 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 and say to them, because of Jesus, you're looking really good. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, okay, good, good. Thank you. All right. Well, hey, friends, I want to take a minute. All the junior high that are here, I'd like to give you freedom to be dismissed to your class or classes or activities. So junior high, uh, anybody else who wants to leave, you can split too, I guess. If you want to. But uh, you have liberty. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're free? Hallelujah. You know, you don't need to be forced uh, really into nothing. It's the love of God that makes your life work. 
And when you can rest in His love, I tell you, you just don't, you just don't want to break away. Because love is your guarantee. God's love for you. And uh, it, it's wonderful. Hey, friends, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you uh, for uh, the privilege to stand before you once again. It's always a treat when I'm at Heart of the Bay. And, of course, uh, your pastors, Mark and Brenda, are such precious friends to Heidi and me. And uh, when Pastor Mark called me a couple of months ago and invited me to hang out with this weekend, I'm so glad it has worked out. And I see he's out eating and drinking and being merry. <laughs> and notice how he talked about my chocolate chip cookie addiction. <laughs> but you know what? I'm fully redeemed. Hallelujah. <laughs> huh? And if Pastor Brenda wouldn't make me some cookies, I'll go buy me some. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> you know uh, Pastor Mark, Pastor Brenda were with me in Beirut. And uh, I'm, I'm just so glad you're planted in a great church like Heart of the Bay where you can receive the love of the Father. You can be taught the Word of God. You can walk by faith and not by sight. But also where you can bring your tithe, you can bring your offering so you all are blessed in this community to reach so many people. But also you're reaching the nations. And Heidi and I in the work of mutual faith, we get to be an extension of your love and life in the nations. And the church sends money and helps us with all kinds of projects around the world. So that's why I was so thrilled that uh, your pastors would take their time and energy and money to come and minister the gospel with me in the Middle East. And you know, the Middle East is turned upside down. Uh, but really, it's becoming right side up because the love of God be, is becoming prominent and it's being communicated in a way that's receptive. You know, anything that you have in your heart that's the truth is only good if it's received. And so the gospel has to be presented in a way where people can have a believing moment in what God has done on their behalf. And so we're finding right now every week between 50 and 100 people giving their lives to Jesus. These are Muslim people. These are people with no religious background, sometimes all kinds of people and from various uh, ethnic groups. But we're so excited. But make sure you get the magazine. It's called Nations. This is the picture of the Middle East Life Center. And this shows you what you've been up to as a congregation. And plus, I have a little video of what the whole center is about uh, while Pastor uh, Mark and Pastor Brenda were with me. So let's take a minute and let's watch this video. Actually, there's gonna, they're going to show a different one.
All right. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's okay, friends. We'll uh, we'll look at it. Wasn't that good? Hallelujah. Huh? It was uh, it was thrilling, wasn't it? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord's good. If you guys can get the little pictures together, I'll just show some photos instead. If you go to Pastor Mark and, and Brenda while they're with me. In fact, if you could bring up the first photo, if you have the first photo, is that are those available? This is the center in Beirut. You know, we just purchased this facility, uh, $900,000, and we built it out for about 300000 and uh, dedicated it a year ago in March. And so this March, Pastor Mark was... Uh, uh, with me there, and that's people coming in and out. Let's go to the next slide if we can. And uh, there's uh, Pastor Mark and Brenda, some of the pastors from Switzerland that were with me. Let's go to another slide if we can. Uh, praise the Lord. Let's go to the next slide, please. All right. Here's uh, Pastor Mark, uh, one of the events called Kingdom Fiesta. And uh, we're having a big old time. Let's go to the next slide if we can. Praise the Lord. Next slide, please. There we go. Pastor Mark preaching at our pastor's conference with Saeedib. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next slide if we can. Uh, there's Brenda ministering. We had a ladies' event on a Saturday. A lot of precious uh, uh, ladies came out, were ministered to uh, by the Holy Spirit. Let's go to the next slide if we can, please. This is Kingdom Fiesta. Uh, see, we broadcast uh, live uh, to the whole Middle East. Uh, it was very, very exciting. Let's go to the next slide if we can. Here's uh, preaching uh, uh, there at the event, the conference, uh, Pastor Mark and Brenda ministering the word. Let's go to the next slide if we can. Of course, they're praying for people, laying hands on people, people coming to Jesus. Let's go to the next slide. Praise the Lord. That's, uh, <laughs> that's after Pastor Mark and Pastor Brenda were both set free through my powerful ministry. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they got the full victory. Hallelujah. <laughs> they just didn't trust me in that little car. That was their problem. Tell them to walk in faith when they're with me. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next slide if we can. Uh, is there another slide? Is there another slide? Yeah, that's it. Praise the Lord. Well, give the Lord a shout, somebody. You know, uh, you know it's interesting to me uh, seeing Pastor Mark and Pastor Brenda on the Mediterranean, because I fed them well. I've discerned something about one of the spiritual gifts of Pastor Mark. He is a professional eater. The grace of God comes on him. He's a devourer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyway, you're blessed. Aren't you glad you're here? Hallelujah. Father, these are your kids, so let their heart find help and hope. Through believing moments today. Let them not be nervous about nothing. Let them not be disappointed with themselves, with them, their kids, with their spouse. Let them see everything through the finished work of Jesus. Lord, this is where we're fixed. When we see that you qualified us for favor and blessing and goodness and grace and sufficiency and strength. Hallelujah. Thank you for the word. It's alive. It's full of power. It's active. It's operating. It's energizing. It's effective. And it's working even now. Thank you in advance for meeting the needs of the people. Miracles are in manifestation. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen.
Hallelujah. Like that song we sang, God does love you completely whether you like it or not. And even though you and I can be disappointed in ourselves, we're wrapped in humanity and we can't always find the, the mark as it were. We can't seem to live it out perfectly. But that's why I love the new covenant or the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus came and really functioned and served and ministered under the old covenant. But he established a new covenant. Because according to the heart of the Father, God found the old system obsolete, says in Hebrews. The Bible says God said the old system would vanish away. Because the old covenant was based on man's effort to find their favor and blessing with God. If we did good enough, we got good. But if we missed the mark, we got bad. And the problem with getting bad in the old system, it was a curse. It was called the curse of of the law. So people were always picking on themselves. They were nitpickers against themselves because they found that their favor with this just God was always based on their performance or their work or their effort. So they always had the mismark on their mind. What I mean by that, they always had sin on their conscience. In fact, they were so convicted of their inability to do right that they had set up within the framework of the Old Covenant a morning sacrifice and an evening sacrifice. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is in the New Covenant, our favor with the Father isn't based on our performance, but based on the performance of Jesus Christ. It's our faith in His obedience that qualifies us as righteous. So our righteousness now is not based on our effort of what we do. Our righteousness is a gift. It's a gift of righteousness that's granted through faith in his work. That's why the cross is the key. In fact, Paul the Apostle, who was instructed really by the revelation of Jesus to bring forth the understanding of this new covenant of Jesus' finished work. And it's all about the cross. So the cross has to be in the equation. If the cross or the finished work of Jesus is not in your equation, you will never have the right solution. See, there's a lot of people trying to find the solutions for their life based on their goody two-shoe efforts. And, you know, that's, that's good that you're doing good, but you'll eventually get frustrated with your goodness. Because... You're just not that good. You know, it's just not good enough, huh? Turn to your neighbor and just wink and say, you know what he means. Hallelujah, huh? Yeah. Listen, it's just not good enough. So it's good to be free from me. See, your greatest deliverance is when you find that your righteous favor from the Father isn't dependent on you. You do right and live right and, 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 and cooperate with, with His righteous standards in your life when you're looking totally to Him. Because like I said before, Paul talked about that as you behold Him. Your transformation or your changing is what you're looking to. So here in Romans chapter 1, Paul the Apostle begins to unfold this gospel of Christ. This gospel of the finished work of Jesus. And this whole book talks about righteousness as a gift. Not as a work. Not as an effort. And sometimes when you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's almost too good to be true. 
because we're so dependent on ourselves. See, we're trapped in a world that does everything based on merit. You do something for me, I'll do something for you. And it's okay to have a merit system. You know, if you don't show up for work tomorrow on time and perform your job, it's appropriate that eventually, after you're warned, you're fired. Huh? It's okay to have a merit. But see, sometimes we take our merit system of the earth and have our relationship with God depending on merit. No, it's unmerited. It's unmerited. It's based on the goodness and faith and the obedience and the work of Jesus Christ. So our faith in His work qualifies us for everything that you'll need. And then if you can just rest in His love for you, your life by beholding Him will cooperate with His character. See, the way you're led of the Spirit is when you know and you believe you're fully righteous, independent of any effort of your own, and you have a full revelation and a comprehension and faith that God Himself has forgotten your sins and forgiven your sins. It's what it talks about in Hebrews chapter 8. When you can believe that your sins have been forgiven and your sins have been forgotten, He'll write on your heart. See, the, 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 what the Holy Spirit really likes to do, he's, he, he likes to have, you know, 24-7 graffiti all over your inner man. He's always speaking. He's always quickening. But see, most of us don't know how to interpret what he's saying or what he's writing because we really don't feel fully qualified that he's that interested in our little deal. No, he's fully interested in every part of your world, in every part of your life. And that's why we have to always look to the finished work of Jesus Christ. Uh, so uh, this morning I was uh, in, in um, like a little staff room or something. And there's a table in there. It's up by Pastor Mark's office. And so uh, I was just there and I was praying before the first service. And, and uh, sometimes when I pray, I don't sit still. I, 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 I walk. And so I'm just walking around in a circle, you know, around the table, having me a big time. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus, for your great kindness. Thank you. You loaded me. Hallelujah. Go ahead, unload. Let the people know of your great love. So I'm just walking around this table praying. And then Pastor Mark's office is there. And as I was going by, I realized, hey, this is Pastor Mark's office. I just looked toward his office. And they have like a uh, sensor. that When you look in the office, the light's on. And oh man, there's power in here. Hallelujah. <laughs> I said, this man of God, Mark Thomas, is anointed. <laughs> the whole room show, you know, shined with glory. Hallelujah. Huh? No, but see, when I looked, the light was always there. But it was triggered when I looked. Do you know the light of the gospel always is shining on you? Do you know if you'll just behold Jesus? You'll have a revelation and an understanding of his goodness, of his grace, of his love, of his capacity in you, of his full sufficiency in you because he loves you completely. It's absolutely wonderful. So I just want you to have a fresh look today. Behold him and receive of the great grace of what he's God granted for your life. So Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, Paul says this, For I long to see you. Now remember, Paul had the assignment to bring a revelation 
of this new covenant, this covenant of the finished work of Jesus. I long to see that I might impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith. Both of you and me. Now, in 1981, God gave me this scripture, and this is the name of our organization, Mutual Faith. This was, this was the idea that God triggered in my spirit to knit the hearts of people together to unload life. If we have an impartation, I used to always teach people that you're a, you're a distribution center from heaven here. That you're a, you're a spiritual, you know, Sam's Club. You're a... You're a you're a Costco. You're a, you're a wholesale heavenly sinner. And teach people how to unload life. And all that's true and wonderful. But recently, about two and a half years ago, God began to deal with my spirit to clarify my call. You know, if you just live your life with your calling, which is your greatest asset in the earth. It's the assignments God puts in your spirit. It's what you carry. And... Uh, if you just live religiously with things, you can get into a realm where you just put people under pressure to perform and to do things. And if you're not looking properly at the light, you'll just do it in your own effort. Unintentionally. But then when you keep circling, and you're circling in faith around the table, but if you don't have the, 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 the gaze... If you don't see the light of the the finished work of Jesus, if you don't see the grace that comes through his work, then you can make your life very difficult doing very good things. And so it's very, very important that we're always gazing at Jesus and being transformed into his same image and then carrying the calling within the framework of what he's done. And so uh, for me... The Lord began to deal with my heart. He said, Keith, the reason you're living life a little frustrated is because you don't understand what I've called you to do. So two and a half years ago, he had me meditate on this verse. And I said, Lord, I I know these verses. I can quote them to you. He said, well, then just read it again. Read it again. And so I'm wrestling with the Lord. I'm trying to figure out what he's trying to say. And so when the verse says, for I long to see you, Paul's personal passion for people had had a... had a longingness to it. What was he so excited about? He was excited about getting people off a system that depended on all their efforts. And so he was imparting spiritual gifts. Now, what in the world does that mean? It's kind of a nebulous thing. And like I say, you know, for me, it was kind of being an understanding that we're a distribution center of the gifts of God and the goods of God. And that's true and that's right. But here's what the Lord showed me and helped me. It got me out of my religious circle. Of effort. What the Lord began to show me two and a half years ago, he says, Keith, look up the verse now in the Greek. And this term, spiritual gift, is the term charisma. Paul's personal passion was to impart the grace of God. You know, uh, charisma is really God's sufficiency, his, his ability, his, his favor that has no merit attached to it. It's strictly on the work of Jesus Christ. Our faith in his work gives us access to everything the Father has. And it sounds almost unbelievable. It sounds almost too good to be true. But I'll tell you, I don't know how to tell you how my heart got happy. 
It was like this morning, just turning and the light came on. And in a moment's time, I got free from me. I got free from my life circling. I got free from always trusting in my good efforts and my good deeds and my everything. Even though it's wonderful and people are blessed and all that stuff. But I got delivered from my effort. And I'm resting in his... Now I'm still circling. Hallelujah. But I'm circling beholding his glory. Beholding the finished work of Jesus. That's why I believe with all my heart that as a gospel preacher, as a person of faith, you should never point to people and show them what's wrong with them. You point to people and show what's right with them through the cross. See, I tell people whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, or whether you like it or not. God loves you completely. He favors you abundantly. And he blesses you eternally. That's the Keith Hershey definition of charisma. So I want to talk to you about the impartation of charisma. The finished work of Jesus. Because if you can turn... See, that's what repentance is. Repentance is changing your thinking about who he is. Now, if you think God's just a big taskmaster and a nitpicker, if you think God's just got a long running chart that you're a loser, you'll never run to help, to find help from him. Because you think he's going to just bring judgment to you. No, it's a throne of grace, friend. Through Jesus Christ, it's a throne of grace. It's a throne of mercy. And right now, through the finished work of Jesus, we can point people to Jesus and, and they can understand the righteous as a gift. It's wonderful. You know, in the Old Testament, I love all, all the types and shadows. You know, Jesus preached concerning himself. From the law. He preached concerning himself from the prophets. You know, he bridged that old system based on man's effort and established the new system based on his effort. So after his death, burial, and resurrection, the new covenant was established based on his effort, where righteousness now was not a work of man, but righteousness really was a gift from the work of God himself. And do you know, I'm preaching good right now, do you know? Do you know, when Jesus, remember after Jesus was raised from the dead, and the two disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus. Remember that story in Luke 24? And suddenly they had companionship. And the person who was walking with them began to preach concerning Jesus from the law and the prophets. How did Jesus preach of himself concerning the law and the prophets? Because they're all shadows or types that if you turn properly and see it properly, you'll see the light. Now, if you think your righteousness is based on your work, you'll never see it. But Jesus could take the law and the prophets and present himself. And then the light, it says their eyes were open. The script. Their, their light. What was triggered is when he broke the bread. He had communion. He showed the body of Christ. He showed the blood of the Lamb. And they saw Jesus. And he was gone. But what was established in their spirit was righteousness as a gift. And I tell you what. If your faith is functioning for your righteous realm, that's a gift. Everything you'll ever need is added to you. That's why my faith... 
is always trying to keep my mind renewed. I'm in a righteous position. And I do it from beholding Jesus. And by the way, when you're looking to Him, you won't live disappointed with yourself because you'll live right. You'll live right. You'll, you'll, you'll just have the capacity of His character. You'll have the strength of His Spirit. You'll have that writing on your heart. You'll have that whisper deep in your soul. You'll just, you'll just know. Wow. It's wonderful. You know, in the Old Testament... When somebody sinned, like I said, they always had sin on their conscience. If you understand you're righteous, the Bible says you don't need to have sin on your conscience in the book of Hebrews. It's amazing. You know, actually in the New Testament it says it's, it's not put on your account. It's, it's, it's hard to imagine. It was put on Jesus' account. You know, Jesus, when he died on the cross for me, before I even got here, He took all my sin and he knew what a rascal I would be. The Bible says that every bit of my sin that I would ever commit was placed on him. And he did it before I got here. And he was judged eternally for my sin. So if I can look to him and believe in what he's done, I'll never be judged for sin again. I accept his payment Fully for my sin. That's why people have to have a... I don't know why you'd want to be religious and not be a believer. I don't know why people don't want to just run in and receive the massive love of Jesus Christ. And this is the beauty of God's love for you. In the Old Testament, if you're a good old boy and you just did a nasty, naughty sin. And so your conscience is condemning you and you come before the priest and you bring a lamb... You bring the best lamb, a spotless lamb, one that's not lame, one that's just without blemish. And you bring it before the priest. The priest just doesn't stand there and look at the good old boy and say, you low down, good for nothing dog. You're just like your daddy. In fact, you're just like your granddaddy. Your whole family tree has been a bunch of... You know what? The priest would never bring a judgment against the sinner because the priest would never examine The sinner. The priest would examine the sacrifice. The Lamb of God. See, God's inspection is on the Lamb. That's why don't be disappointed in yourself. Just walk by and look to the light. Let your faith trigger His presence in your life. And everything about you is changeable. Everything about your world is fixable. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Now here's something cool. Romans 1, now verse 11 and 12. Paul's personal passion was to impart charisma. The finished work of Jesus Christ. Now how do you know that you've received the grace of God? How do you know this morning that you're walking in the revelation or the reality of the finished work of Jesus? How do do you know that? Well, according to these verses, verses 11 and 12... It says you'll become established. You'll become established. In other words, you'll get a spiritual strength about your life. You know, when you're not depending on yourself for righteousness, it's, it's, you're, you're strong. When you know righteousness is a gift, you, you just, it gives you a stamina and a strength spiritually to deal with the issues of your life. If you're a spiritual weakling, if you're a spiritual sissy... You need grace. You need to turn and let the light of Jesus' love for you 
be absolutely overwhelming. You need to be over... That's why I like that song we sang about the cross. Cool song. About God's love for us. What a powerful song. What a powerful song. See, I tell you, when you're looking to the finished work and His love for you, man, you're in the righteous realm. And the things that you've disappointed yourself with are fully fixable. Fully fixable in His love for you. How do you know you receive charisma? You're spiritually strong. Another way you can tell uh, you've received charisma, if you're encouraged, it says you're going to be strengthened. You're going to be encouraged. You know, how many people today who love the Lord live discouraged? They're discouraged with themselves, they're discouraged with their kids, discouraged with their spouse, discouraged with their life, discouraged with, you know, they, I didn't do enough, I didn't live my life fully, I, didn't, I don't have enough to show, I don't have enough fruit. Listen, get over the inspection of yourself. Because you know what, if you're going to measure yourself by yourself, you'll never have enough. Find yourself in Him. Find yourself in Christ. Hallelujah. You're encouraged. You know how often I need to look to the cross and look to the Lamb for encouragement? About three, four times a day. Because discouragement visits me. And that's not even counting how many times at night. Every night when I wake up or if I've had a dream that's just like bad. There are bad thoughts, or bad about life, about situations, about circumstances. You know what I do? I instantly let God love me. I focus on the finished work of Jesus and find myself in Him. He's the one carrying me. And I just look and the light's there. The grace is there. The sufficiency is there. The strength is there. The resources are there. The power is there. The favor is there. The healing is there. Everything I need is there. It's in Christ. Another way you can tell if you have charisma or not is if your faith works. You know, a lot of people use their faith for themselves. The Bible here talks about that you have a mutual faith. Listen, if you're so consumed with you, you're in trouble. Your faith is for for people. It's for the kingdom. It's for your community. It's for your world. It's for your family. It's for your church. when, when When you're full of the grace of God... Your faith functions for others, just naturally. And this is how wonderful, uh, you know, the Lord is. I, uh, I flew home with Heidi. We were traveling. I was preaching in a conference for f- five days or something. And we flew back to Los Angeles where our U.S. office is in, in uh, Thursday night. And I had received a call from a friend uh, a couple days prior to that. And uh, one of my friends... On uh, July 4th, went, went to bed, um, and I guess it was about 10.30, and a young, young guy, 47, and, and uh, his wife heard him snore really weird. I mean, just like, man, that's a strange snore. So she rolls over to check on him, and he's gone. Just slipped away. So my heart was so broken, and... Uh, you know, the precious wife, three precious kids. And so the first thing we did when we got to L.A., we went and just uh, hugged the family. Told them God loves them completely. Going to care for them. 
I told Heidi on the way there, I said, we're going to bless him. Big time. Big time. So we gave him a lot of money. And uh, she called me the next day. She said, I didn't open your card until this morning. I am so overwhelmed. She said, there's way too much. We, 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 can't, we can't have this much. I said, you don't know how good God is to you. He wants to bless you. Independent of your merit. Amen? Yesterday, before I flew here, I was at the funeral. And uh, shared, you know, ministered. Do you know the beautiful thing about this brother? Is I remember the day he had a bleeding moment with me. I remember the day when he was circling in life. And I just said, you know, if you just give a glance, you'll see what's already here. That you're approved. That you have favor. That you don't have to beat yourself over the head again and again and again and live disappointed with you. You know, I got that brother became a strong, strong believer. Full of faith. Full of the Spirit. And so I told the folks, I said, you know, what I like about the story today... Is not that our brother left us, you know, earlier than we wanted. But what I like about the story today is to think about that transition. Where you're absent from the body and present before the Lord. And the Bible says when you stand before him, you stand before him with, with complete joy. It's hard for you to believe. The Bible says when you stand before him, you stand before him blameless. Now your works will be judged. Whether they're done in grace. Or whether they're done just because of your, you know, work effort. But you stand before him blameless. And you stand before him with exceeding joy. Because of one thing, a gift called righteousness. is like a jacket. You know, Pastor Mark makes fun of my blue blazer. Bless his heart. You ought to buy me one that's a different color. Hallelujah. Huh? huh? Yeah. <laughs> one time many years ago, I was golfing with him. I don't know, Pastor George, if you were with us then or not golfing. And it was cold up here. Man. And I, I just travel with a little carry-on bag. It's about this big, you know. So I don't, I, don't, I don't bring nothing. Anywhere in the world, I'm just simple, you know. And so... I was freezing, and uh, so I put on my blue blazer on the golf course, and it was probably the best golf I've ever had in my whole life. I ought to have a theology about just wear the robe, hallelujah, just wear the jacket, you know. But you know what's interesting about the robe of righteousness? It's, it's independent of you. Remember the story about the prodigal son? And, uh, you know, the Bible says that the, the, the father divided the inheritance. Now, 
The older brother hung out but still tried to labor to find his favor in the father. The young brother, he split and went, went to town. Huh? Had him a high time. Huh? Lived like a fool. Right? But had a good time until his money ran out. You know, sin will open up the door to devil to absolutely destroy you. The devil will judge you for your actions toward him. There will be a fruit to it. And so one day, the brother, younger brother, who split, got really, really hungry. He didn't come back to the father because he knew the father loved him. He came back to the father because he knew he could get food if he worked. See, he still had a mindset of his own effort. So what he did is he prepared a speech on why he's a loser in life. Of all the naughty things he did. Huh? So he works on his speech, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a loser, I'm a loser. And he gets it all prepared and he goes back to be brave enough to go into the presence of this father, you know, which just might beat the living daylights out of him. But the father saw him from a distance. Was always looking. And when he turned, the light was there. It was always there. But he just saw it because of a repentive look to change your impression of who God is. And when he saw the father, the father ran toward him. Did a little jig around him. Did a dance over him. Lavished him with kisses. And then the son tries to give his speech. So he pulls out of his notes about what a loser he is. Tries to itemize all his sin. The father would not listen to it. Told him to be still. Just get your blue blazer back on. Get a robe of righteousness. Get a robe of my favor. Put a ring on. This is who you are. You know, you think it'd make people happy, but the gospel, the good news, doesn't make people happy. Particularly the people that are trying to win points with God. So, the older brother, you know, he's moaning and groaning. He's like a picture of a lot of people who try to depend on themselves. And so, he's, he's talking about, I have worked for you. I have labored for you. You know, a lot of people try to find their blessing in their labor. Your blessing's not in labor. Your blessing's in favor. I have worked. I have labored for you. And the father said, hey, listen, my son. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. It's not attached to your goodness. It's attached to my goodness. And this is really a perfect picture of Jesus' work on your behalf. You might as well enjoy it. I tell you what, when you enjoy his love for you, you will begin to enjoy yourself. You will enjoy your own company. You know, there's a lot of folks don't even like to be with themselves. Because they're living their life. Is it 1230 already? Are you guys having a good time? Give the Lord a shout, somebody. Wow. Man, I haven't even got through my introduction. I'm glad I get to preach tonight. 6.30, don't matter. Let's all stand to our feet. Give the Lord a shout, somebody. 
Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Lift your hands to heaven. Say this with me. Say, thank you, Jesus. Because of the cross, because of Jesus, I am love completely. Because of the cross, because of Jesus, I am favored abundantly. Because of the cross, because of Jesus, I am blessed eternally. This is the gospel truth. This is the gospel of Jesus. I look to you, Jesus. The light is triggered toward me. I'm living in the light of the gospel. I am living in the revelation of God's work on my behalf. Thank you for sufficiency. Thank you for blessing. Thank you for the great grace, the charisma that's extended to me. Because of that, I am established. Because of grace, I am encouraged. Because of grace, my faith functions for people. I cannot help but be a blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I am in you. You are in me. I am a believer. And I have the victory. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big shout of praise, somebody.